Chapter Twenty One of Life in the Grey Nunnery at Montreal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life in the Grey Nunnery at Montreal by Sarah J. Richardson. Chapter Twenty One Second Escape from the Nunnery. It was early in the spring when I again succeeded in making my escape. It was on a Saturday evening, when the priests and nearly all the nuns were in the chapel. I was assisted out of the yard in the same way I was before, and by the same person. There was still snow upon the ground, and that they might not be able to track me, I entered the market and walked the whole length of it without attracting observation. From thence I crossed the street when I saw a police officer coming directly towards me. I turned down a dark alley and ran for my life, I knew not whither. It is the duty of every police officer in Montreal to accompany any of the sisters whom they chance to meet in the street, and I knew if he saw me he would offer to attend me wherever I wished to go. Such an offer might not be refused and certainly his company just at that time was neither desirable nor agreeable. At the end of the alley I found myself near a large church, and two priests were coming directly towards me. It is said, the drowning catch at straws. Whether this be true or not, the plan I adopted in this emergency seemed as hopeless for my preservation as a straw for the support of the drowning. Yet it was the only course I could pursue, for to escape unseen was impossible. I therefore resolved to go boldly past them, and try to make them think I was a superior going to church. Trying to appear as indifferent as possible, I approached and saluted them in the usual way. This is done by throwing forward the open hand, and passing it down by the side with a slight inclination of the head. The priest returns the salutation by standing with uncovered head till you have passed. In the present instance, the priest said, as he removed his hat, Church is in, sister. I bowed again, and hastened on. With trembling limbs, I ascended the church steps, and stood there till the priests were out of sight. It was but a moment, yet it seemed a long time. I knew the house was filled with priests and students, some of whom would be sure to recognize me at once. What if they should come out? The thought of it nearly took away my breath. The cold perspiration started from my brow and I felt as though I should faint. But my fears were not realized, and as soon as the priests were out of sight, I went on again. Soon I came to a cross street, leading to the river, where a large hotel stood on the corner. I followed the river, and travelled all night. The next day, fearing to be seen by people going to church, I hid in a cellar hole, covered over with old boards and timbers. At night I went on again, and on Sunday evening, about ten o'clock, 
I came to a small village where I resolved to seek food and lodging. Tired, hungry, and cold, feeling as though I could not take another step, I called at one of the houses and asked permission to stay overnight. It was cheerfully granted. The lady gave me some milk, and I retired to rest. Next morning I rose early and left before any of the family were up. I knew they were all Romanists, and I feared to trust them. At noon that day I arrived at St. Ors, a town named, as I have been informed, for the man who owns a great part of it. I stopped at a public house which they called Lady St. Ors, where they were eating dinner. The landlady invited me to dine with them and asked if I belonged to the convent in that place. I told her that I did, for I knew if I told the truth they would suspect me at once. Do you eat meat? she asked. I told her I did not. Do you eat butter on your bread? I replied in the affirmative, and she gave me a slice of bread and butter, a piece of cheese and a silver cup full of milk. I ate it all, and would gladly have eaten more, for I was very hungry. As I was about to leave, the lady remarked, There was grease in that cheese. Was it a sin for me to give it to you? I assured her that it was not, for I was allowed to eat milk, and the cheese being made of milk, there could be no sin in my eating it. I told her that, so far from committing a sin, the Blessed Virgin was pleased with her benevolent spirit, and would, in some way, reward her for her kindness. Leaving Lady St. Oars, I went on to the next town, where I arrived at seven in the evening. I called at the house of a Frenchman, and asked if I could stay overnight, or at least be allowed to rest a while. The man said I was welcome to come in, but he had no place where I could sleep. They were just sitting down to supper, which consisted of pea soup, but the lady said there was meat in it, and she would not invite me to partake of it, but she gave me a good supper of bread and milk. She thought I was a sister of charity, and I did not tell her that I was not. After supper she saw that my skirt was stiff with mud, and kindly offered to wash it out for me, saying I could rest till it was dry. I joyfully accepted her offer, and reclining in a corner, enjoyed a refreshing slumber. It was near twelve o'clock before I was ready to go on again, and when I asked how far it was to the next town, they manifested a great anxiety for my welfare. The man said it was seven miles to Mount Bly, but he hoped I did not intend to walk. I told him I did not know whether I should or not. Perhaps I might ride. But you are not afraid to go on alone? he asked. St. Denis is a bad place for a lady to be out alone at night, and you must pass a graveyard in the south part of the town. Dare you go by it in the dark? I assured him that I had no fear whatever that would prevent me from going past the graveyard. I had never committed a crime, never injured anyone and I did not think the departed would come back to harm me. 
The lady said she would think of me with some anxiety, for she should not dare to go past that graveyard alone in the dark. I again assured her that I had no cause to fear, had no crime on my conscience, had been guilty of no neglect of duty, and if the living would let me alone, I did not fear the dead. They thought I referred to the low characters about town, and the lady replied, I shall tell my beads for you, and the Holy Virgin will protect you from all harm. But remember, she continued, whenever you pass this way, you will always find a cordial welcome with us. I thanked her, and with a warm grasp of the hand, we parted. End of chapter 21